Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, dogs. Dogs. Sit. Oh, look. Sit. Look these smart oh, good boys. No, oh, no. no. Come and sit. You moved. Come here. Sit. It was the good boy thing. Sit. I think that means a reward. Sit. <laughs> good. Well done. All right. right. I think we can run We now. can go now. Should we go? Come on Let's in. Let's go. Oh yeah, place being set. So, good morning, running commentary listeners. Paul Tonkinson is not with me today, but I am with Renee McGregor. Good morning. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited that this auspicious arrangement because, well, I try and sum it up. One. Uh, Rene, uh, Rene is, uh, is a uh, top sports dietitian. Is that a good way to put yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a, uh, a book coming out. We were saying, oh, we must have a chat and have a run Sorry, sometime stop. around now. And then, uh, anyway, it turns out I'm on holiday in the town where she lives. So that's pretty great. And um, that really works well. This is the week your book comes out. Is that it right? It is. It's on Thursday, yes. Very Thursday exciting. Thursday is... As a publication date. And most selfishly, I've been thinking very hard about food and fuel in the run-up to the Race of the Stones. Of course, you've got that coming up. Yes. I've got the spine sprint coming up. I was going to ask you, you said you were training. <laughs> yes. The spine sprint is really tough, isn't it? What's it's the... pretty horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm doing it. Um. <laughs> oh, well, by the way, we should explain, we are, there are four of us running here today. Yes. It's uh, me, Renee, and uh, Bosco and Bailey. Bosco and Bailey, the two dogs. <laughs> Who are, they're very good, aren't they? They're being all right. Do you run with them a lot? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I probably do two or three runs a week with them. Yeah. Um, kind of like recovery runs for me, and it just means that a bit of multitasking in terms of they get a good run, then they're tired for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. And I can crack on with work. But I also think there's a little element that I'm tuning into now, which is you probably think as you're running with them that you're getting a gentle run, but they're actually <laughs> set a hell of a pace. They're pretty nifty, <laughs> yeah. Especially Bailey. He's been running with me for 10 years. And yeah. Yeah, he kind of tends to set the pace. And, uh, oh, yeah. Actually, if I look at it now, I can see that Bailey is just like really steady, really good form. Nice gait, good line. Yes. Whereas uh, Bosco's a bit more Bosco's, 
he's all uh, over the place. He's interested <laughs> in all the other dogs that are around. Yeah, and he's burning a lot of energy, you know, as time goes on. Yeah. He's going to find, you know, he's gonna, it's like an ultra runner running up the hills. <laughs> oh, exactly. So <laughs> Bailey's definitely the ultra runner. And Bosco's definitely the sprinter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, they're... It's good to have them to run with. It just, I love running with them. It's like, I don't know, there's something about the companionship yeah. of running with your dog as well, which I really enjoy. Well, so it's, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I haven't got a dog, right? But I'm imagining, I know how nice it is to run with someone. Yes. But obviously, it's a great opportunity to really, like, have a massive conversational, you know, chew the fat conversation. Yes, yeah. But this is a more... You don't have to have that part of it. You, you just got company. But you got company. And I think, like, Bailey and I have been on so many adventures together. Like, we just pack up the car and yeah. go somewhere, plot a route, and off we go. And I've loved that. Like, that kind of sense of freedom. Yeah. Um, and does Bailey have a maximum distance? Well, so he's getting on a bit now. So we tend to keep it no more than eight miles. Yeah. But he used to be... You know, he would come out and do half marathon distances yeah. without any effort. <laughs> He'd be out all day in the in the hills and the mountains. I must have Sundays when that was a bit of a pain for you. Yeah. So, oh, you're not tired. He's never tired. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, but we're, running, oh, we're on the towpath of the, what is it, the Kennet and Avon Canal, Kennet isn't Avon, it? Yeah. Just the most fantastic place to run, although I did promise myself when I came down here I'd get a bunch of, uh, <laughs> I'd get a lot of... Uh, you know, get some trail uh, ascents in. Ah, but okay. frankly, this towpath is too good. There's lots of amazing trails around here. Um, but you kind of, all the trails go off the, 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 the canal path. Yeah, yeah. So you can get some pretty decent ascent in if you, if you want to. I mean, Just peel off and head up the valley to yeah, the other side of the basically. valley. Yeah. I think that my, uh, just, I just love running the towpath so much because... I, I, my style is like Bailey, you know, set me up in a straight line. <laughs> and off you go. And off I go and just keep the, keep the pace. But yesterday I just ran about, well, I ran to where the big, there's a big bridge, the canal goes over the valley and it turns hard right. Yes. And it's almost... Yes, yeah, so you went to Dundas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... It's about uh, five It's about five, about five. So there and back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great... Yeah. yeah. I love a there and back run because you feel like... Uh, you always feel shorter on the way back. Because you know where you're going. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so you mentioned your book. Your book is called um, More Fuel You. Yes. Uh, understand Your Body and How to Fuel Your Adventures. Yes. Which is great. Sounds so, you know, I'm excited already. <laughs> and, uh, well, what's it? What is it in essence? So, I guess I've been trying to think about how to describe the book because I think. It's not a book that necessarily tells you what to do. Uh-huh. As such, like a lot of diet and fitness books out there. It's more about understanding an approach that's going to work for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, morning. Hiya. <laughs> and uh, so I guess what I mean by that is that food is so personal. Yeah. And I think... We live in a society where food says a lot about you uh-huh. and also the exercise you do seems to also be related to your identity. Oh, God, look, sorry, look at this heron. It's right there. Oh, see you later, mate. <laughs> Didn't get a picture. Good Lord. 
So I was right there. I thought it was going to attack. Um, <laughs> sorry to stop. That's okay. No. But it is, yeah, I, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because uh, everyone has a relationship with food. If you do exercise, that defines your relationship with food. Yeah, and and it's, it, it's tailored to the individual. Right? Exactly. And I think, you know, obviously we've got social media. We have things like podcasts. You know, we have all these sort of external sources uh-huh. that influence and inform us. Yeah. But what I think people have stopped doing is listening to their internal clock. Uh-huh. But also, I think people have stopped understanding the, their own behaviours. So, I guess what this book does is it takes you on a bit of a journey. Uh-huh. So, it, sets, it, kind of, it does talk about the physiology of the human body and why we need fuel and what fuel we need and what the body prefers and yep. all those different things. Um, and it also talks about the most common diet trends, yeah. nutrition trends that are out there, particularly in the sports world. Yeah. So, you know, looking at things like plant-based and low-carb, high-fat, yep. fasting and things. But at no point will I say you shouldn't do this. It's more about giving you all the facts. Like an overview. Yeah, so that you can go away and make a decision. You know, does my physiology fit that? Is that going to work for me? Or am I setting myself up to fail? Absolutely. I really like that. I mean, because one of the things I don't like, it's slightly me, but I think it's not just my angle, is that if you're online or uh, in a magazine or whatever, you quite often get these very short, very prescriptive things to do with either training or food or both. Let's say, these are the things you need to do. Exactly. And they're so strict and simple, you just think, how can I map that over real life? Absolutely. And also, it then also sets up, you know, if you think about it, a lot of runners in particular, you know, put myself in that category, we're quite obsessive creatures. And, you know, if you start setting up all these rules, what you should and shouldn't do, it can become quite dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's it. So, you know, over the years, my job has evolved where I fundamentally work with a massive range of athletes, uh-huh. but a big subset of the athletes that come to me are individuals that have developed a difficult and dysfunctional relationship with food. It's easy to imagine how that can happen, like you say, because you make some decisions, you kind of, you might be strict in a certain way, and it can, it, it's, it's not necessarily positive or negative, you can just get, get stuck in a mindset, Yes. go f- too far down the road, which is good, up to a point kind of thing. And, and I think then you override listening to your body. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like you, you might, I think, again, we've become people that, a population that just looks at outcome. Yeah. And the focus is so much on outcome, we forget that actually pursuing one outcome <laughs> may mean that it affects something else going on internally. Yeah. So a classic example is, you know, when people put onus on weight loss, they end up putting their bodies in big, big deficits. Yes. But actually, the body doesn't cope with that very well. Yeah. And it goes into compensatory behaviours, in, including things like reducing neurotransmitters to your brain. Yeah, yeah. They help you to feel good. Yeah, right. So you actually end up feeling quite low and flat and don't appreciate that... 
it's your behaviour around food that is causing that because yeah, you're yeah. so focused on the outcome. And I guess that's what this book is about. It's about teaching people to understand their full self. Yeah, great. Including their psychology. I think that there's, that's really good. That sounds ever so useful because I think there's two things at play here. One is that sense that something can be a really good idea six days a week and then the wrong thing on the seventh, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's great yep. to go to park run every week, but sometimes there'll be a Saturday when you think, I'm not going today. Yeah. And that's a good decision too. Yeah, totally. And I think that exactly sense that. also that, like you say, we've, habit pulls us away from, uh, uh, you know, self-knowledge. And also, it's a very simple system. We quite often talk on when it comes to you about things that are kind of you know, seem obvious. You really have to use your conscious brain to tell yourself. You know, the example I always think of is when you're uh, running up a slight incline. You tend not to think, this is slightly more difficult. You tend to think, oh, I feel rough. I feel yeah. unfit. I feel heavy. Yeah. And it's, it's a hill, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. And I think similarly, like, we hear a lot about how, you know, movement and exercise and running is good for our mental health. And it is, to a degree. Yep. But if you are massively stressed out because work is stressful or home life is stressful, yep. and you then add another physical layer of stress on top of that by going to do a hard session, yes. you're fundamentally setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, yeah. Because all you're going to do is put your body at a higher risk of injury. And yes. Yeah. Um, and if you make your running all achievement-based, you're not as close to yeah. the mental health benefits as you might be. Exactly. So, you know, for myself, when I'm going through a particularly busy and stressful time at work, yeah. which is quite a lot, yeah. I'll often talk to my coach yep. um, and sort of say, like, Damien, I'm on the road five days this week. Yeah. What should we do? And he'll be like, right, like, we're going to take all the... We're going to take all the speed out, and all I want you to do is focus on these two outcomes. That's yeah. it. And, you know, this week, we'll just use it as a week that we're practicing X or practicing Y. Or yeah. So, I think, because he knows that if I try and put a 50, 60 mile running week into a busy traveling week with work, it's, it's not going to happen. No, and you'll end up getting the worst of both exactly. worlds. And I'll be, you know, I'll end up injured or too tired and then not able to do subsequent running weeks. Yeah, it's just counterproductive. Yeah. So just uh, I must um, take a moment to mention the fantastic place we are. <laughs> We've just come through. What's Avoncliff, isn't it? That bit That's Avoncliff, yes. And uh, we're heading to We're Freshford. on the towpath. But then the, the canal turns hard right and it goes across an aqueduct over the river and the railway to the other side of the valley. So we zoomed around, dropped down under the canal next to the river and came and also passed this fantastic old, it's, it's a huge building, but it's not like a stately home. It's like an old farm or something. It's yeah. big and old and brilliant. And now we're in this place. Now, now Dogs obviously made up. We're in a, a leafy uh, path with fields either side of us dropping down to the River Avon on that right. Pretty, uh, pretty special for a Londoner like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the dogs are now free 
which means that... you've got the dogs off the leash. They're off the lead now, so they're free. And they've gone. We won't see them again. <laughs> so we can uh, run a bit more at our pace rather than at it's baby's in, pace. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I think, going back uh, to what you're saying about runners in particular being a bit obsessive, you'll have more experience with this than me, but I find that some people who do exercise are very aware and to the point of being able to measure the benefits of rest, recovery, and yet I think in running, it often feels like we're kind of greedy for the, for the work. Yes. And it's very hard to remember, you know, how important rest, sleep, recovery, how important these things are, not just to avoid injury, but to actually build strength. Well, this is it. I think a lot of people don't realise that actually adaptation to training only occurs when you rest. Yeah. Or, if, and, and not all, and also when you fuel appropriately. Yeah. So when you give your body not just the right fuel, but enough of it. Yeah. And, you know, there's this constant conversation we have with no matter who I'm working with. I mean, I was working with um, England National Ballet yesterday because I'm one of the, I'm their lead dietitian. And, yeah. you know, we've got a few dancers where over the last 18 months, there's had to be a really big education on, you know what, to get the body composition goals that you're looking for, yeah. you actually need to eat a lot more. It's yeah. not about, you know, moving more and eating less. It's actually about eating Fueling first. enough yeah. to fuel the, the workload that you're doing. And, you know, we've, got, we've had some amazing results with female dancers actually realising that to be the aesthetic that they need to be, they actually need to eat a lot more yeah, yeah. than they thought they did. Which must be, I mean, that's a, a paradigm shift in the, in the industry, isn't it? Like you say, there's cultural assumptions attached to this stuff and ways of, long-held ways of thinking that you're wrestling with sometimes, I should think. Yeah, totally. And I think runners in particular do fall into that trap a lot, you yeah. know, that kind of very old school thinking of lighter makes me faster. Well, only if you need to be lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a very fine line. Most runners have probably found where they run optimally. Yeah, yeah. Just through running. And you know, sometimes thinking, oh, if I shave off another couple of K, I'll be faster. Yep. Actually puts you in a place where you're not sustainable as a runner anymore. Yeah, I mean, narcissistically to make it about me, as a you know, naturally big guy who also used to, uh, you know, used to, uh, used to, I lost a lot of weight a few years ago, but I'm still big, um, just sort of physically, you know, I'm just sort of built that way. Yeah. And uh, I find every now and again I'll be doing an event or something and I'll think, oh, I feel really fit, I feel really good, but I'd love to be just a little bit lighter. And then I'll go out and it'll go really well and I'll get a really good time. And after, you know, several years of this, I just finally came to the conclusion of what, exactly what you just said. It's like, maybe I don't need to be lighter. Yeah. This is where my strength lives. Exactly. And I think, you know, when I'm educating junior athletes, it's about helping them to appreciate realistic goals yeah. about their body type. Because we're all different. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. We all come in different shapes and sizes. Yellow flowers coming in on those <laughs> lily pads on the other side of the river. Uh, sorry to be distracted. It's so beautiful here. Just fantastic. Good Lord. 
<laughs> it's mostly stopping for the yeah, dogs okay. and stopping for me. <laughs> oh, they're off. So <laughs> you're talking about junior athletes, and I really like the, uh, the sense that everyone has different needs and things, but are there any... Bosco, Bosco, this way, come on. Bosco, come on. Oh, oh. careful, come on. Good boy. Well done, Bosco. <laughs> I haven't licked my legs yet. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't got the uh, sort pattern that they need. Um, Come on. <laughs> is there, are there any kind of headlines that you think everyone might need to hear? Or is it too bespoke for that kind of stuff? I think the, the headlines, the key headlines I'll be is, I would say, carbs are really important for runners. Yep. And whether you like that or not, it is the truth. Yeah. Um, I would say, actually, the other big thing is, Often runners underestimate how much fuel they really need. Um, yep. And again, that's a, that's a really big one to help runners understand just the amount of fuel they need, not just for their training, but actually for general life processes. Yeah, yeah. And too many runners fall into the category of thinking, oh, but I haven't run today, so... I don't need to worry. Well, that's not true because your body still needs to function. Yeah. Your body still needs to recover. It still needs to adapt. And if you run regularly, it probably still thinks of itself it's as a running totally. machine. Totally. Absolutely. So, um, we'll head out this way just because there's lots of dogs up. Nice. Um, so also, we're, we're in places I've never been before now, which <laughs> is exciting for me. <laughs> this is Freshford. These are Freshford Fields. So um, nice we also, just, have, just coming through this long grass, we're going to get... Get nicely cooled wet feet because yeah. we were quite lucky today. Weren't we? It was pouring rain about yeah, an hour ago. It was. And now we're by Freshford, which is clustered on the hillside like a wizarding community in the sunshine in this fantastic meadow. So, yeah, so carbs are important and yeah. enough food is important. Yeah. And I think just not focusing on the weight, the big thing I'd say is if you fuel appropriate to your training, uh -huh. your body composition will end up being where it needs to be. Right, right. There's no need to focus on a racing weight or any of those things. It's actually... Kind of separate it out unnecessarily. Yeah. You know, for my own training, when I'm in big training like I am at the moment, I, I have to eat all the time. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I notice that, you know, in the lead up these last few weeks, while... I have absolutely couldn't tell you how much I weighed because I don't weigh myself. But, yep. you know, you see the slightly more defined features in your body. Yep. And you know that you're in that position because of the training and the fueling you've done. Yes, it's just coming together. And you're listening to your body and you look exactly. at it. <laughs> the dogs have made a friend. So, you're... Uh, Spine sprint. Yes. When is that? Two and a half weeks. Yeah. And how far is it? 46 miles. <laughs> Over which hills? So we go, we start in Edale, uh -huh. the Pennine Way. Yep. And uh, end in Hebden Bridge. Oh, wow. But Beautiful country. Uh, yeah. Some, uh, some gradient there, I think. A little bit of gradient. <laughs> but I think the, uh, the real test is that it's completely self-supported right so there's no checkpoints and there's no no help yeah you just have to make it from a to b 46 miles on your own and what is your fueling plan well so i've been trying out lots of different things over the last few weeks yeah um 
we'll go that way. Great. Um, over the last few weeks. And um, so I, I always use a mix of real food and sports products uh-huh. because, you know, there is a place for sports products. Yeah. They do deliver energy when you need them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've kind of phased out carb gels, but really because they make me feel so queasy. I, I, I recognise their worth. I don't regret the ones I've had, you know. Yeah. I'm just trying to work without them now. So I tend to use a, uh, a company called Velaforte, which is the only company that has managed to use real food ingredients to make sports performance products that actually work. Um, and, you know, so actually the products taste amazing. Yeah. They taste like real food. Yeah. But they deliver on carbs and they deliver... Oh, that's what you want, um, isn't it, really? You know, on electrolytes and, and all I, those I'm things. I'm assuming they come in all different shapes and sizes, yeah. i.e. sort of sweets and bars yeah. and liquids. So there's bars, there's gels. Um, I, uh, I, uh, whoops. <laughs> there's these little chews that are like little blocks of angel delights, but they taste amazing. Excellent. Like a lemon and mint and an orange and ginger, which, you know, are really good for when you're feeling a bit queasy. Yeah. Um, so I use Vel- Velaforte products, but I also mix it up with peanut M&Ms. Yep. Mini cheddars. Good. Crisps. I heard tell of mini cheddars the other day. Yeah. They're supposed to be good. Yeah, and, uh, and also bagels, if I can get them. I love so that I said heard tell of mini cheddars like I'd never heard of them. I meant for running. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, but um, Marmite bagels if I can get them. Um, so, yeah, I'm a real, I mix it all up, but something I've been practicing with is actually putting, so Vela Ford do these blackcurrant flavor gels. Yeah. And I've been putting them in my bottle and mixing them with water. Yeah. And it basically tastes like Robina. That's good. And that has been an absolute game changer for me. Blackcurrant is uh, the f- one of the fruits that's got the most calcium in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just showing off my knowledge. But also, and vitamin C as well. Yeah. So it's really good because so the vitamin C can help to, you know, I mean, you can't prevent wear and tear when you're doing these races, but it can sort of protect aspects of it. Yeah, but it's like really, a defensive shield. The main thing for me is that this drinking it in this formula, oh, drinking it in this formula means I'm taking on energy from the moment we start. Yeah. And that's really critical because otherwise, especially when you're in races, you sort of get carried away and if you're using poles, it can be quite difficult. Now, there's one thing I've never done and have been interested in is uh, fueling through liquid. Okay. Now we're going into the London Marathon thinking, uh, you know, making sure I'm going to get enough water. I'm going to talk about hydrating enough. I feel like water is a pretty good way to hydrate, you know. Yeah. And then when the op- other option is a very thick, sugary, kind of squashy... Should we change roots or creep past? I think... Oh, there's lots of them. There's quite a lot of them. Yeah. Maybe we'll change roots. I think yeah. we won't <laughs> go down the... <laughs> Let's not run the risk. We won't run with the cows. Um, we'll be some responsible dog owners. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, uh, well done. <laughs> I hope you heard that, listeners. <laughs> I just realised just then that you're wrangling two dogs constantly. I really should have taken one of these dogs oh, on no, board. Oh, no, it's fine. There. A much more even distribution of work. On the other hand, with my skills, I'll probably end up getting dragged across the field on my face. No. And that would be fun, too. But, yeah, so, you know, with the marathons, often when it's external stuff, the other option is a thick, sugary kind of squash, you know, yes. healthy, but just something if you're not used to. Yeah, I would never want that, you know, sticky, yeah. sticky enough under your feet, let alone in your throat. But um, at the Brighton Marathon, I think the listeners might remember this, I, I drank at a water station. It turned out not to be water. Okay. And it was quite a light, it's kind of a salty, it's, you know, I felt like the word electrolytes came into my head when yeah. I sipped it. And I thought, oh, I wouldn't have chosen that, but frankly, I think that's uh, fate. I think it's luck. I've been wanting to find a good liquid like you say because the other day me and Paul were trying some different foodstuffs on a long run it's quite a long run yes. but it was we hadn't gone nearly far enough to need any food so it's very hard to know you know what, what that would actually be like well I think this is it I think so for me I only really do these quite long ish runs and I tend to do trail rather than trail or mountains rather than um, road so yeah. that generally means that um, I'm always going to be out for longer than three hours yeah, generally yeah. speaking come on let's go come on we don't What's need to drink he's trying to get the water off the oh I see <laughs> that's another thing you can do if you want to hydrate is to lick the grass lick the grass as Bailey does <laughs> yes as the dogs are demonstrating we're in one of those fields this is a young crop I think yes it's going to be a tall golden sheaves of wheat in a couple of months. Come on, Bailey. One of those fantastic paths picked out through the middle. And no cows. No cows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think the thing for me is that... So I practice with fuel a lot. And obviously it's part of my job as well. So yeah. that I can help to provide people with different ideas and 
information because again no two people are the same yeah so it's not like a fueling strategy that's going to work for everybody yeah and you have to get it to work for you yeah there so must be some things that you've recommended to other people that they love that you yourself would think Bruh. totally yeah yeah absolutely um and there's loads of different products on the market and there's no one product that's any more superior than another yeah it's just finding the one that sits well with you you look forward to having it it's palatable after you know four hours yeah yeah like these are some of the key things to be thinking about and then when you're doing really long races like i'm gonna do yeah also knowing that you're gonna get hungry yeah you know you're gonna need real food you're gonna want to actually eat and another element for me is, particularly as someone who's never done an ultra of any kind, is it's okay to, to not know yet. The trick is going to be to take some viable options and see what, see what it feels like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what I do in, in my training. So always practicing fuel, because I think the biggest mistake runners make is not practicing fueling when they're training. Yeah. And then assuming that their stomach's gonna be okay. Yeah. But actually, if you don't practice, you can't train your gut. And you know, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is you're, you're running, so all the blood flow is being moved away from your stomach yep. to your working muscles, which does make digestion more complicated. Oh, absolutely, I know this, you know, I say I've never done an ultra, but from running marathons, and also, you know, with that different pace, you know, running marathon and trying to do it as fast as you can. Yeah, totally. You, I know the physical experience of my digestive system essentially kind of automatically mothballing itself. It's a good trick, you know, but it's not conducive to eating potatoes. <laughs> no. Come on in. Well done. Right. Thanks, hello Thank again. Thank you. Right, come on. Hang on. Go on then. Here you go off again. Oh, no, this way, guys. Bosco, come on. <laughs> Bosco. Come. Yeah, at exactly. At the moment, I'm looking to pocket a little uh, saurine malt loaf or two. Yep. Little uh, salty uh, potato. Yep. I did, uh, some listeners, when I told them I was having a baked potato, I think they really thought I was having like a two-hander full of beans. But no, just a little, just a little baked potato. Mouthful. And uh, uh, this way. kind of a, you know, a trek... Uh, peanut chocolate bar. Yep. Um, and I haven't found them yet, but yeah, some kind of fruity uh, block type deal. Someone was recommending a cherry one. Okay. Sounded good to me. These, I mean, these all sound like really good options. And, yeah. You know, I definitely big fan of potatoes on the run. Yeah. If you can get them, um, they're really I'm good. This Marmite bagel talk is Marmite. making me quite excited. <laughs> <laughs> Marmite bagels are great because you can cut them up into quarters and just nibble on them yeah yeah you know you get that bit of salt you get the carbs yeah bagels are nice and easily digestible so works again works for me just as a human as well i'm dev i'm very much a uh, you know i think the first thought and also experience of running sends people towards sugar and yeah. cake and things like this yeah and i'm very much a savory savory tooth person once you start talking about potatoes and marmite, we're talking about foods that I'd get excited about when I'm, when I'm not running. You know? Okay. <laughs> and that's, 
That stuff is relevant, isn't it? You better get your dogs back. <laughs> Mine too can get a little bit overwhelmed, so just check they're coming. <laughs> Come on, Bells. Bosco. To be fair, there are. They've just met Come on. nine new friends. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. Come on. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he did earlier. <laughs> yeah, come on in, boys. Let's go. Let's go. Good boys. Great come name. On. Oh my goodness, I've come to to uh, Jane Austen's hometown and met Knightley in a field. <laughs> <laughs> come on in, good boy. But I think. You know, I do love, <laughs> genuinely do love a salty potato and a bit of marmite, but it's not just silliness, is it? It comes back to the first thing you were saying is, you're going to eat something that you're going to get on with. Thank, thank you. you. Come exactly. on. Exactly. Bosco, come. And Bells. Gosh, it's all very literary. After nightly, this is called Tess Gate. <laughs> yeah. Bosco, come. He's not very good at gates. He doesn't nightly. actually know how to use a gate. There we no. go. I'm not going to let you through there. <laughs> There we Let's go. Be clear. It's close to the gate. Well, they well call done. It test gate. I'm trying to think how hardy is sort of this line of country, isn't it? Anyway, enough, <laughs> enough of the literature. Let's go back to that. So, uh, but yeah, that's the, uh, going back to the thing about training up your gut, you know, I, I know from direct experience that my, and also day to day, I don't know how wise it is, but generally I run on an empty stomach. And when I run hard and far, it gets harder and harder to imagine putting something in it. Um, listeners will know I had a very dramatic experience trying to ingest one starburst <laughs> in the Brighton Marathon. It took me about 10 minutes and all my effort, you know, it's like, I can eat this, I can do this. And that's one little sweet. So. But I think that's the thing, like when you're running on road and you're, you've got a pace that you're trying to hit and you know it's going to be fast, that's where the sports products really come into their own because they deliver they kind of circumnavigate that energy the process. directly to the place they need to go. Yeah, brilliant. And you don't have to worry about digesting it. Obviously, when you're doing Race for the Stones or Spine Sprint or anything like we're doing, next, come on, um, you've got more time. Yes. You know, you're much more of a sedentary pace. You probably hike up some of the hills. and Psychologically, you know, it's actually helpful um, as an inexperienced ultra runner to be reminded that you're supposed to be running it slightly more uh, in a slightly more for want of a better word human way yes you know you might be not walking you might be stopping you might be having a nibble or a chat it's more like real life exactly and you're out there for a long time yeah so it's not the same as a, a marathon or a half marathon where yeah you do need that instant um instant energy yeah. that can help you maintain that pace. Oh. Bailey, Bosco! Oh wow, it's an incredible butterfly. I wonder if I can get it on zoom. It's just landed on a hog's well, They've gone the in there. and got stuck. That'll be fun. Back. Butterfly there. Oh, you're both out. Well done. Come on in. They've been swimming. It's <laughs> the magazine shot. I just didn't get there in time. <laughs> and uh, and how's your training going? What kind of distance have you put in? You said you did some training this weekend. Yes. Did you get some mileage in there? I did. I got some big mileage in last weekend. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, coached oh. by Damien Hall. Yeah. And uh, Damien and I have 
when we're, we're good friends, we go back a long way. And he started coaching me two years ago. And uh, it's been great because he really listens. <laughs> you know, I'm not your bog standard individual that can just follow a training plan because yeah, my yeah. job does not allow me to do that. No. So, um, you know, often we'll be communicating always weekly, but even sometimes daily. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh. So last week, for example, I was in London, then Sheffield, then Bristol, <laughs> and then back to London. Yeah. And that's not conducive to good training. No, right. Um, so, like I said, we work around it. But yeah, he's what we did at the beginning of the training plan for this build-up was look at good weekends that I had available yep. and sort of Damien suggested that six weeks out from the race I go up and recce some of the route oh that's good yeah so I went up a few weeks ago and recceed um, the first half of my race yeah which is actually the most difficult bit yeah the most technical bit so that was good that was a big weekend of mileage oh yeah and that would be huge psychologically because you've You've pre-disastered it. You're not going to yeah. have any nasty surprises. Exactly. And then this, this weekend just gone, I did two back-to-back -back big runs. So 23, run, 23 miles on Saturday and uh -huh. 18 miles on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but felt really good. Yeah. And When you say felt really good, was there any... When you set out on Sunday, did you think, did your legs go, wait a minute, we did this yesterday? Um, to start with, my hamstrings were like, what are you doing? Yeah. But actually, I was really lucky. I was running with a really good friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, she's just very awesome at <laughs> starting slow. Yeah. And keeping me in check. Yes. So, it's exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, 18 miles flew by. Brilliant. So. There's a funny mindset, isn't there? I think this is. You know, I've, I've dabbled in this myself. I need to get up to a similar minus you, but I did a 20, then a 10 on consecutive days a week or two ago. And I found on the second day, you start to feel a kind of separateness as your body, well, it's training, isn't it? As your body yeah. kind of accepts it. Yeah. So as a kind of person, you're thinking, oh, I'm a bit tired, my legs are a bit achy. As a running machine, you're kind of thinking, yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. On we go. Yeah. But I think also, like, for me, because I knew this was coming up, I'd thought about, even though I was on the road, I'd thought about my nutrition. Yep. In the lead up to it, on Saturday, I was really focused on recovery. Yeah. Making sure that I was giving everything my body needed so that I could do that again the next day. Yeah, very good. You know, like, I'm really... So that's what I mean in terms of... It's not always volume for me because because of trying to juggle full-time, often more than full-time work. Yeah. You know, Damien always says to me, sometimes I wonder if I should tell you not to do so much. Yeah. But, um, but again, it's a, it, it comes right back to what you were saying about um, heavy schedules and running not being good for your mental health if you yeah. beat yourself over the head with it. When it comes down to it, if you're busy doing your job, that's correct, isn't exactly. it? That's how life works. Yeah, and so, so, so we've had a... I think we've generally had a really good build-up apart from I was poorly three weeks ago I actually went to do a race in Brecon uh -huh. and had to DNF because I got to eight miles and I knew 
I wasn't well. Something, Something was amiss. not right. I felt awful. And I rang you and my partner and was like, I, I can't, I can't continue. There's something wrong. Yeah. Um, and actually I had a pretty nasty stomach virus right. for about 10 days. Oh gosh. So that did put me back a little bit. Yeah. But like I said, had a good training weekend last weekend. I've got one more long run this weekend. Yep. Actually, this is undone. Um, and uh, and then that's it, really. Then it's just well, then being you get ready. To the, uh, the famous taper. Yeah. And that ties in with something. Obviously, I need to talk to you about while I got you. Over the years, and I think again, to be fair, to people, silly people, that it's in the kind of cultural dialogue, carb loading. Yes. And that becomes. A bit of a joke, you know, the idea that you might have a couple of burgers and a pizza and a big bag of chips the night before a run, you know. Yeah. Which, of course... You don't do. doesn't work well, I don't no. actually. No. Possibly from personal experience. Not, not fessing up here at all. <laughs> but, no, but in all seriousness, I've done... I remember doing a half marathon when I was coming back from injury. I was quite... You know, I knew I was less fit. And, uh, and it was when I was first on a plant-based diet. Right. And uh, I just felt in the run. I thought, I'm simultaneously full of food and without and fuel yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could feel it so it's good to yeah. know at least but yeah. we me and Paul have very much got used to the idea of you know how carb loading is not about it's not about loads of food no. it's about upping the healthy carb element exactly in those pre-race meals because they, because of muscle recovery yes so this is where a lot of people go completely wrong I mean first thing I'd always say is if you're running on a Sunday, really, you should be thinking about your carb loading, if we're going to call it that. Yeah, which on, I can see why you'd be uncomfortable with that. Um, <laughs> sort of actually Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Um, well, actually, so Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Because it actually takes 48 to 72 hours for carbohydrate to be made into glycogen stores. So doing it the night before is kind of pointless. It's not going to do much, right? No. Um, and when we're talking about healthy uh, carbohydrates my understanding is I don't know, again potatoes brown rice is yeah. a favorite of mine it's basically it's what i always say it's not about increasing your overall intake of energy it's about changing the composition of your diet for a few days yeah so you know if you normally have i don't know like porridge with um nuts and fruit for breakfast, you'd have porridge with a banana and honey, right, for example. Right. And all you've done there is change the composition. To Just give adjusting you the faders. A little well. bit more carbohydrate. Yeah, yeah. If you normally snack on nuts, maybe you'll snack on a crumpet yeah. or a hot cross bun. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, please. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not about stuffing your face full of pasta at these like pasta parties. Yeah, yeah. It's, and what I always do is, so I'll. I will do, I'll definitely focus on carbs on those, those crucial days. Yep. And then the day before my race, I tend to just eat what I normally enjoy. Yeah. But I'll have my main meal at lunchtime. Yes, right. So that I've got a bit more time to digest. And to be honest, you've done the hard work by then. Yeah. So as long as you don't eat anything that's going to irritate your gut, you can pretty much eat how you'd normally eat. So, you know, I'm definitely, I run, I find I run really well on 
rice or pasta or potatoes. Yes. Yep. Um, I tend to avoid too much, too high salty things or um, anything that's too high in fat yeah. the night before. That's the other thing about unhealthy carbs. I mean, obviously, you know better about specific nutrition, but sort of carby things can be very kind of sugary and salty. That's why it is worth thinking about the slightly more, I don't know, nutritious sounding ones. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, when I finish, all I want is a beer and chips. It's amazing how appropriate um, a beer could be. Yeah. <laughs> but in the lead up to it, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I know it's not going to fuel my race particularly well. Yeah. So. And are there any other useful, uh, I don't know, uh, nutritional elements to include? I often, I often think about um, blood, oxygen, and iron. <laughs> Hit the yeah. uh, dark leafy green vegetables and uh, beetroot juice. Yeah. In a run up to a long run. So again, the thing about beetroot juice is that it's the, if you look at the studies, there's actually very little evidence yeah. that it supports endurance runners. It's really good for short distance right. or repeated sprints, but it's not that great for, it's not going to improve your oxygen capacity. It's also terrible for giving you a nasty fright when you go to the bus. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and when it comes to iron, again, it's what you do in the lead up, the, the weeks and the months beforehand. Yeah, it is. Because... Again, iron takes a while yeah. to, to, you know, to store in your, in your body yeah. and to maintain your blood levels. So really, again, it's trying to make sure you're making those good decisions yeah, yeah. on a daily, weekly basis. I mean, luckily, you know, for better or worse, being vegan and trying to eat sensibly and doing a lot of running, one does, you know, you think one thinks about pulses and legumes. And, yeah. You know, I want lots of chickpeas, I want lots of nuts. Yeah. I want lentils, I want, uh, yeah, and... All the dark green, irony vegetables and this kind of thing. Yeah, totally. So it does. So those are things. But I think one of the things that I try and think about is um, also hydration. Yes. Um, particularly, you know, the spine sprint is pretty much midsummer's day. Right. And appreciate it could be anything because we're in the Peak District. So. And this thing with the heat, um, it was the hacking half the other, which always seems to be on a very hot day. And you know. Oh, what I was saying earlier on, it does seem to be one of those things that you have to manually tell yourself when you're running in higher temperatures, it's different. It's a different yeah. physical situation. Yeah, totally. So I will actually, so I've already started, now that it's warmed up generally, Yeah. I've started, I will actually have electrolyte drink before I go out for a run. Yep. And then I'll drink it when I get back. Um, and obviously on my run, I'll also drink electrolytes. So, I feel like I'm a bit of a fool here. I don't really know much about it. But so an electrolyte drink is basically very watery, very hydrated, but it's got good salts. Yes, fundamentally. So it tends to be like a tab um, or even a salt capsule. Some people prefer to take. Yeah. You can even get chewable ones now. Right. So for the spine sprint, I've got them all. Yeah. Because I have no idea what I'm going to feel like. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you don't want to taste something. So that's where a salt capsule is Something. really good. Something's just because you just into my sock, excuse me. That's this. Because uh, it just delivers the sodium that you need. Yeah. That you're losing in your sweat, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the problem is if you... If we're going to go down this way. Great. If you, um, if you become too salt depleted, it can make you feel 
quite nauseous. Yeah. And it can actually prevent you from taking on fuel. Right, um, because you feel queasy. And, you know, in the worst case, it can be detrimental. It can, you know, you can actually die from being low, uh, from having not enough salt if yeah. you lose too much. So, come on. Um, and again, I feel, you know, coming from my naive position, it does feel like the conversation starts with sweet and stodgy foods. <laughs> and it's slightly more, you have to think about it a bit harder before you get to the uh, sodium end of things. Not least because, of course, this isn't stuff you're going to need unless you go a long way. Exactly. You've got exactly. to sweat for a couple of hours yeah. before you start having to rebalance your bodies. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, you know, our little run today, I'm not so worried. Yeah. But, you know, on... Sunday when I'm out. But I'm definitely putting out enough salt for your dogs to lick my legs. Yeah. <laughs> but on Sunday when I'm, you know, when I'm out on a 20 miler, yeah. then I'll be thinking about salt in the lead up to that afterwards. Yeah. And then enduring. Because, I mean, not to be too crass about it, but, you know, when I go for a, a long run, particularly in the heat, then you do, you get rid of salt. You know, you get end up you with do. salt marks on your clothes yep. and stuff. So it's and we're all individual with that as well. I'm a very heavy sodium loser. As right. Such. I uh, have very, very high sodium losses. Right. So I have to keep on top of it. As a female as well, yeah. certain times of my cycle, yep. it's worse. So again, I have to be mindful of that. I was gonna, I'm glad you said that because that's specific to sodium and your cycle. But female um, fueling in general, must have, there must be a lot of... You know, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, it is different. And again, it's very different. It is also different between females too. Right. So again, it's not a, you know, you must do this and you must do that. Yeah. It's something that you learn. Like I know my body really well. Yep. And I definitely find in the first couple of weeks of my cycle, in what we call the follicular phase, yep. before I ovulate, I can get away with not worrying too much yep. and I'm fairly stable but when I'm in the second two weeks of my cycle that's when I notice that uh, um, Fosco is trying to Fosco's getting off to dance and fly it's quite it's like Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> um, yeah I have to be a bit more mindful because I know that my blood sugars fluctuate a lot more yeah yeah and I find that I need more carbohydrate per hour yep. than I would in the previous two weeks. But also things like my heart rate's always a bit higher, my yep. effort's a bit harder, I sweat a bit more. So these are all things that I've learnt, again, just through observation and yeah. keeping a monitoring. But it comes back right around to the first thing you were saying about what your book is for, is that not only does every individual have different needs but every individual has different needs at different times exactly so it's better it, your book is a way of working towards a three-dimensional relationship with fueling totally it, yeah. it's exactly that it's not saying that you know nobody needs carbs it's saying you will need carbs but you might need it here and you might need it here yeah or it's not saying that you shouldn't go plant-based it's saying if you want to go plant-based, that's great. But these are the things you need to be mindful of. Yes. And it might not work for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, here's a good one. The guy, I really, I really enjoyed being plant-based just in life. Yeah. But I initially took it on to see if it would help with running. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. But it was recommended by 
a friend of ours on the show, Mickey D, really a serious run Australian guy, and he recommended it, but he also told a fantastic story where he was doing the London Marathon and feeling pretty beaten, pretty knocked up, yeah. and uh, a guy offered him some biltong, and he was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. It took me ages to realise that that's basically... You know, that's not a very vegan snack, yeah, is it? Yeah, jerky. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, sometimes you have to... It's about the dogs have a dip. Yeah, good. Uh, sometimes you have to do what your body needs in that moment. Yeah. Um, that's and a I guess that's example that, isn't it? The other thing about the book is it just gives you that permission. You can, you know... Come on. Bailey. There they go. This is the old Ford. Go on, then. In you go. Bradford on Avon, stepping stones there. It's all a bit picturesque, isn't it? Well, thanks for that excellent run. Oh, no worries. Let's see how far we went. We've gone, well, exactly five. There you go, yeah. 4.99, one P off, so they have to open the till. And, uh, well, I suppose now the dog's having a dip, we should wrap up, although I feel like we could run and chat all day. Yeah, probably, but, um, yeah. Uh, who publishes your book? A vertebrate. So it's vertebrate publishing. Um, like I say, it comes out on Thursday. I guess what fundamentally I want people to take away from the book is yeah. when you finish reading it I hope what you feel is I care about you yeah. and you're relevant yeah. and that's what I want people to take away from the book those Great. are the two statements that I want people to hopefully leave with um, well and how about if I you know periodically email you from here on in with photos of things I'm about to eat saying is this okay is this okay you can do that if you want to <laughs> I might not always answer no, you can definitely do that, that if you want to might not be ideal <laughs> no I think uh, a lot of my friends are always a bit like can I just ask you a question <laughs> yeah. well, that's the trouble with being I'm an technically expert. off duty but go on <laughs> Oh, and where can people find you online? Um, so I have a website, which is reenemcgregor.com, and I'm also on Instagram as r underscore McGregor. Um, and my Instagram is very much about an education platform. It's, you know, if you want to find out about my life, you're not going to find anything out about me. You're right, right. <laughs> but, Good. Um, but, yeah, it is very much... I did just get slightly distracted by someone else's dog saying, oh, just next to Jason. Hello. Dogs everywhere. It's, uh, it's dog-tastic. It's definitely a dog haven here. Yeah. I've seen a lot more dogs than runners. Not as many runners around here. As, uh, well, as, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have to admit, I mean, I've been living here five years, and there are runners. There's, there's an Avon Valley Running Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I rarely bump into people I mean I've got friends I run with in yeah. Bradford they're both away at the moment so um and my partner and I run together yeah. but because I spend half my week here and half my week in Bath with him yeah we you know I get I do get a quite nice mix of running which is yeah. quite nice so you've got 10 miles of towpath just between the two yeah exactly Fantastic. and I often run over to his like that's a really good morning training yeah, run it's just yeah, to kind yeah. of so you know we were talking about it trying to make plans for this weekend and um I was like, well, I think what I'll do is, if we stay at mine on Thursday, if you take the car over, I'll run over, because it's an easy way to get 10 miles in. Yeah. And I don't know, just something about running for a purpose. <laughs> running to somewhere. Makes it better for me. I'm definitely, you know, I quite like a point-to-point -point yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than a out and back. So, I mean, to be honest, spine sprint works beautifully for me from that yeah, point of view, because yeah. it is a point-to-point. -point. But, um, yeah, it is good. I feel very lucky. And, I, you know, I've... My relationship with running has changed over the years. You know, I very much started as, I suppose, somebody who just started running because it was a way of getting a little bit of a break yeah. from my children. Uh -huh. um, 
and from life. And I used to live on a boat, so I just used to run out and back along the canal. Brilliant. And then I joined a running club because I entered a couple of races and people were like, you're really good. Do you want to come and join the club? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I don't think I'm that good, but I'll join the club. And it was really nice. And I've met so many of my closest friends at the running club. Um, in fact, I met my partner at the running club. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been great. But then I definitely got caught up in that cycle of can get a bit serious training exactly wanting to just hit times all the time and and I made myself really sick and ended up with an autoimmune condition because of that so I ended up with a autoimmune lung condition called sarcoidosis which has left me with 73% lung function so five years ago when I moved to Bradford Avon I hadn't run for 18 months because of my condition I was so poorly I couldn't even get upstairs yeah and I met my friend here, Jen, um, Jen Benson, who is a brilliant human being, and she was like, come on, we'll just, we'll just go for a little jog. There's no target, let's just... And she got me out for my first 5K, and slowly over the years, we've built that up. And she's the one who ran 18 miles with me last Sunday. Yeah, wow. And, you know, we were chatting about how far I'd come in all that time. And, you know, two months ago, I got... Um, British Trail running champion for my age group. Um, for the Getting short the distance. best out of your lung function. Exactly. And, <laughs> and you sort of think, you know, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that don't, I think running doesn't have to be, you don't have to be good at it straight away. Yeah. You know, you don't have to get the time. You don't have to put yourself in that place. You can, for me, it's really about enjoyment and it's about yeah. like you've done today. Just enjoy it, watching, like taking you on a very normal run for me, but yeah. watching how much joy it's brought you to yeah. be outside, to see all the beautiful places. Oh, yeah, running in fields with dogs is like magic for me. And that, to me, that's what makes running so special. Yeah, Because yeah. it's something you can share with people. I totally agree. And I was thinking about this yesterday when I was running. People always talk about the uh, mental health benefits. And, of course, we feel them. It's true. It really works on the ground. But I think it's very important to remember that... Um, you won't necessarily be able to access those if you think of your running in a very goal-oriented, sort of numbers-based way. Exactly. It has to be, because when it comes down to it, what's beautiful about running is running fits around your life. Yeah. That's why running is still valuable when you're not feeling happy or not feeling positive or not feeling fit. Yeah. It can, it's still your friend. It's still a way of processing all that. Totally. And it can be your companion when, you know, through the pandemic, running was my way of dealing with what was going on in the world, yeah. but giving me an opportunity to be outside. And we know that actually more, it's the being outside in nature that's good for our mental health yeah, right. than the actual act of running. So whether you're walking or cycling or whatever, it's that's the bit that's important. But I feel like so many people miss out on appreciating Mother Nature. And Mother Nature really is the best therapy you could ever have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, running is, it, it is definitely... I guess it's a bit like coming home. You know, yeah. it's it's where I've met my closest friends. It's where I've met my partner. It's what we do. It's everyone's a little bit of a mini adventure, particularly yeah. when you've got crazy dogs with you. It's your reset, recharge. It's the place you always come back to. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think hopefully, if I have not sold running to anyone by now, then maybe we might have just done. So uh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, always, that's what you're good at. Every now and again, we've all got to get out there and lick the grass. Exactly. We just be a bit more Bailey yeah. about life. Be more Bailey. With Paul Tomkinson and Rob Deering. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.